Allah has frequently called people to Himself in unexpected ways. It could be an eye-opening, life-changing experience, the blues, joy, or a devastating loss that alters the heart's rhythm forever. There was no doubt in my mind that God was one. It was, it was kind of like I just I had what we call yaqeen, I had certainty. And, and something was telling me to follow Muhammad for the rest of my life. This is a story of a Texan who grew up in Corpus Christi, Body of Christ, Texas, and lived his early life as a Methodist Christian named Brandon Estes. Brandon observed a series of conflicting thoughts since, initially, he wasn't able to understand the denominations and sects under today's Christianity when he was just 18. I must say, this individual was quite sincere with himself, to the extent that he made a self-promise that he would discover the truth regardless of the religion or sect he found a true God in. He was also ready to take the people's criticism for that. This world is, without a doubt, a testing ground for us humans, created by Allah. The existence of the various languages and religions on earth is evidence of God testing us to sort out the truth from the lies by using our intellect, will, and spirit to search for the truth within the religions on earth, just like some puzzles to solve. Prior to accepting Islam, Brandon was a missionary, a Christian with an aim to promote Christianity. He went on giving services to others in the love of Jesus, peace be upon him and God, and worked for random people across the roads, places, and cities such as Jewett to help poor people, fix the damaged property, and assist people in their bad times. But while doing so, he knew something was incomplete in his heart, and he kept asking the higher power to guide him to the ultimate truth in his late teenage years. Very few people today really desire the truth at their young ages. Brandon is indeed one of them. His exposure to city culture and cowboy culture was extremely beneficial in helping him become more open-minded toward accepting things. He got into college and was very open to the news and rumors after 9-11. But not just 9-11. He never relied on one-sided information from a particular group and remained curious to know the truth himself. At this point in life when I was 18 and I started getting in trouble with, with my alcoholism is whenever I started recognizing that something wasn't, wasn't right, right? And I promised myself that until the day that I died, I was going to be someone who sought the truth. At 18, he was not satisfied with the life he had. It was not something he was living for. It can be said that this was also due to his exposure to the beer culture from a very young age as it is typical for the cowboy community in Texas to congregate in bars with large mugs of beer. His parents also found that his excessive beer consumption was too much of a burden for them to handle, and so they politely confronted him once, which was thought-provokingly overwhelming for Brandon. It was his time to shed the old skin and patterns of living. He joined AAA for rehabilitation to get rid of functional alcoholism and began searching the Bible for truth. He unearthed two obvious truths mentioned in the Bible. He recognized those truths. When he began reading the Holy Bible in 2010, his first discovered truth was about Jesus' divinity while getting treatment at AAA. He discovered that Jesus is not God. At this time, 
He was already attending a church along with rehabilitation. This was the church where most people chose Jesus, their siblings, or parents as the higher power to find relief. However, for Brandon, it was hard to rely more on a human than God. He continued his study on the Old and New Testaments to know who could be more relied upon in terms of strength and divinity. He read verses from the Bible like, The only one true God is the Father, where Jesus clearly coded, He is not God. Just look at the New Testament. I mean, you're still going to find very explicit statements, you know, from Jesus, like in John 17, where he says, The only true God is the Father, right? And, and so, you know, statements like this, you know, when you look at those, it puts in context the ambiguous statements, like whoever has seen me has seen the Father. This is an ambiguous statement. So I would look at the, the, the clear and explicit statements, and I would use those to interpret the ambiguous statements, which is pretty much kind of what we do in Islam as well. So in Kano, he started his own AAA group, where he initially taught people at Methodist Church not to choose Jesus or any human as their higher power except only God. He gradually started noticing a significant difference between those who relied on humans, Jesus included, as their higher power, and the ones that chose God as their higher power. It was apparent that the ones relying on God were not relapsing as much as the ones who relied on humans. The high power only worked for those relying on God rather than humans. After years of sobriety, he found himself in a tumultuous situation with life again. He observed his daily routine and patterns and was concerned that it was the same as it had been for months or years before. Nothing seems to be changed. I was with one of my friends one night and we were going out and we were talking about, you know, what we're going to do when we're 40. We're like, okay, what are we going to do when we're 40? We're going to save up to where we can have a yacht and we can be going traveling the, our, on our yachts around the world. And we're going to start up businesses together besides our you know, nine to five or eight to five jobs that we had. And I stood there and I told him, I was like, man, we do the same thing every week. You know, we, we go to work and we wait for the weekend. We can't wait till the weekend comes. And I come down here to come meet you guys because they lived, uh, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away from me. And I, I drive down here with you guys. And then we go drink for two nights. I feel really bad about myself. Then I go to church to feel better about myself and then rinse, wash, and repeat. I said, I feel like I'm a hamster on a wheel and we're not going anywhere. I don't see any uh, anything changing from what what is, you know, there's no purpose in any of this. It's just day in, day out. There's nothing that I feel fulfilled with. I had this complete emptiness with it. And I told him, I said, there's got to be another way and I'm going to have to find out what it is. This is something that most of us experience when we become trapped in a seemingly never-ending cycle of misery regret, complaint, or tiredness about what should and shouldn't be done. In some days we are lost, and on others we hope for the best to come our way. Brandon was going through the same and was waiting for a silver lining hope. Then one day, he decided to open the Bible again and went on to read verses that made him land on a verse where Jesus prayed to God while prostrating before him. Jesus used to prostrate himself before God he was done. And I told myself, I said, you know what? Jesus fell. It, it, it was like, it hit me really clearly. I was like, Jesus, he fell on his face. He prostrated like the Muslims do. He then frantically recalled how the father of the church he attends once advised him not to prostrate God as Muslims do, and that Christians shouldn't humiliate themselves 
by bowing down to God. Um, and he brings up randomly Muslims one day because we're out in, you know, in the country. And he's like, you know, don't don't do like the Muslims do and never humiliate yourself and put your face on the ground. He's like, we're Christians. We get on our knees and we ask God. We don't put our face in the dirt. This was the beginning where he got to know about Islam. Yes, through a pastor. There was no doubt in my mind that God was one. It was it was kind of like I just I had what we call yaqeen. I had certainty and and something was telling me to follow Muhammad for the rest of my life. Which is quite surprising, because he had never met a Muslim personally, ever, in his life, before this overwhelmingly beautiful knowledge he gained through Bible. And now, he was on his way to dig deeper into the Holy Qur'an and search for Islam. The time he became sure that prostrating to God has no meaning other than complete submission to God, not humiliation of a human, he got completely determined to seek more truth, and initiated reading the Qur'an more. Later, he met a Palestinian Muslim man who showed him the way to Shahada and Houston. He took his Shahada, even though it was a cold, stormy day, with many roads blocked on the way to Houston. I testify that there is no God worthy of worship except for Allah, the God, the one true God alone, and I testify that Muhammad is the messenger of God. He was now completely able to comprehend that Jesus was a human who seemed the same as humans look, ate the same food which humans eat, and was just a human like any other black, brown, or white human. He needed God as much as we do for anything he did, including the miracles. It was indeed impossible for Jesus to perform such out-of-the-world miracles without the will of God. It was only Jesus' gift from God's will that made him speak from a very young age and do all the miracles. Jesus and Muhammad and Moses and Abraham, it, it hit me so clearly that they were just men like us. However, they're much more greater. They lit up the room and they, the way that they spoke would make you feel comfortable. These are people who were true heroes, right? People who are our real role models. And there's no one else on the face of this earth that is like them whatsoever. However, they still ate food. And when you eat food, something's going to have to happen to that food, right? They're not God. They, they were men who, who did, you know, have moments where they would forget things. They have, they have bodies just like us that, that get old. And, and as such, nothing I realized was worthy of worship except for the uncreated creator of the heavens and the earth. In his interview with the Dean Show, he also shared that people should understand that creation is not something to be worshipped. It is God, the creator, who deserves all the praise. God wants you to submit to Him alone, without partners, without statues and, and intermediaries, an angel. Today, he makes different Islamic education videos for the reverts and Muslims. Most of his videos are based on how newly reverted Muslims can avoid Islamically inappropriate things and how they can change certain habits. He also talks about common cultural practices and biblical contradictions and shares his personal life with the viewers to give updates about his meetings and interviews with renowned Muslim channels. He has also met Yusuf Estes and posted a clip while shaking his hands happily with him. Alhamdulillah, this is, uh, you got used to it now. Yeah, because I've been doing a lot of videos with it, so, you know, Brandon is now also working with One Message Foundation that helps non-Muslims to understand Islam and Quran.
he keeps posting about current trends and issues that are important for Muslims to know. They're, they're going to leave Islam, they're going to go to other religions now that they found out it, that Tate is becoming a Muslim, saying that if this news is true, we're going to go elsewhere. People saying that, how can you expect me to be happy that this predator became a Muslim? We really respect this beautiful contribution of Brandon Estes to Islam and the Muslim community. You are truly our Muslim cowboy, Brandon. Happy to have you. May Allah bless you, your family, and us all with infinite hidayah, as our existence is vulnerable without it.